I literally listen to my body mm. and I say, okay, what is it that I want? Coffee in the morning. I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. I do have a little something for breakfast. Yeah. I, I'm, I pretty much follow a lot of my Italian yeah. roots yeah. because in Italy, they have a little something sweet or just a little, we don't have these big American breakfasts. Yeah. And then if I'm hungry before lunch, I'll have nuts. I'll eat. And then if I work out, I make sure I eat a really great, rich protein filled, right. some carb. And without having the word diet, I never feel pressure. And it doesn't, there's never that time. I, I watch people on diets where they're like, today I could eat. Yeah. And, all, and it's like all out. It's all out. Yeah, yeah. I don't ever have that. No. I like never eat till I'm full. Mm -hmm. I eat till I'm done. Yeah. And once I learned that, my body loved it. I yeah. was happier. That's why. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug into your new world here. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. It's a very special day for me and you because I am here with one of my very best friends and the amazing Joanne Moscone. You may have seen her on Instagram, the chef's daughter. We are here today to get to know Joanne and to really learn a little bit about her genius, especially when it comes to health, nutrition, mindset, so let's dive right in. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes. I love her. So thank you for having me. I love you. You may have seen us on social media working out or when I'm with Joanne today at her beautiful home in Malibu, California, she's constantly in the kitchen and she's eating and she's eating pasta and things <laughs> like that, but looks incredible. And so many people message me and they're like, how do you guys eat? How do you guys drink and look this way? So let's just dive in. I want to know, how did you get started in this journey? You're a chef. You're an author. She has been in film. I mean, there's so much to you. Tell us about you. Thank you. I think it, it all began when I was a little girl growing up in the restaurant business. My father is a chef, legendary chef in New York City, and he owns two restaurants. And I grew up right beside him around some of the best Italian food New York has to offer. Stuffed pastas, lasagnas, osobuco with risotto milanese, not exactly carb friendly. <laughs> and I grew up eating this. And if we mm -hmm. didn't have bread at our table, it was a sin. Wow. As I started getting older and I was, a, I'm older than Emily. So I was a teenager during the supermodel waif. Yes phase or trend, right? right? And I loved Vogue magazine and Kate Moss was was the it girl mm -hmm. back then. And she was super, super skinny. Yeah, they all were. Yeah, they, yeah. It, it was the trend. Yeah. You know, fat free started coming out. And I started realizing that if I were to eat like my fabulous, happy Italian family, I'm not going to get to achieve that look. But I was young and I wasn't guided properly. Yeah. And I started heading down a pretty... 
Oh, I would say da dangerous road yeah. where dieting became my life. Mm -hmm. I would work out two and a half hours a day. I gave up so many food groups, pasta and olive oil and things that I now cherish and love and, and make on my yeah. own were things that I wouldn't even touch. And I still remember I was a junior in high school. It was, I was ready for the prom, had a size two dress, or I don't even think they had size zero at the time. Okay. And it was time for the prom and I put it on me and it fell. And my mom got so mad at me. I don't think anyone realized how skinny I got. Oh my gosh. And I had a friend's mom right there. She she put the dress on really tight and started sewing. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh God, this is, this is not who I want to be. No yeah. one helped me get there, but I just remember the embarrassment of realizing that this was the smallest dress in the store and it fell. And I, saw, I still have pictures. You could see my bones. So, so were you basically like starving yourself? You know, I wasn't starving myself, but I wasn't eating a lot. I just ate, and I was, I was a young girl with a very fast metabolism. So I literally was doing that fat-free phase mm. where I had no fat in my diet, stopped my period, which is so dangerous at Ugh. that age. Um, and I was getting uh, noticed for it, like, oh, wow, your body looks yeah. good, so it keeps you going. Oh, that's like, what happens. You're yeah. looking great. You're looking great. Like if something bad happens, you stop eating. You're looking so good, yeah. and it's like feeding your ego. The more I was yeah. told that, the more yeah. I was, more, the more the belief became my reality, like this is what you do. And it wasn't like all of a sudden one day I woke up and made major changes. But I remember this one moment, I was at this major chef event in New York City, multiple courses. That's the beauty of Italian or even French culture, mm -hmm. a lot of European cultures where you start with an appetizer, they pour the wine, the next course comes, and I'm sitting there, miserable, not even wanting to talk to anyone, almost realizing like, I hate everyone that's eating and enjoying themselves. Wow. And it was that day where I was like, stop this, stop this, and like find a new way. Find a new way to enjoy your food, participate, be communal, have the table be wow. the centerpiece. Yeah. So how did you find that new way? Because yeah. I think a lot of people watching this right now can relate. Yeah. It's diet culture. It's trying to get into this size. It's just cutting everything, feeling miserable. Then you rebound. So this is truly one of the best things that I admire about you is that you live your life. Thank you. Yeah. And you enjoy, and there's just a richness and I've learned a lot from you when, especially when it comes to food and, and just lifestyle. So how did you make that change? Wow. How did I make that change? <laughs> it's such a good question. You, you know, it, it wasn't an overnight change, but I think it started with realizing that the word diet didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Diet for me, was a challenge and I'm going to be very good at a challenge. If you I'm a competitive person, if I'm going to diet, I'm going to I'm yeah. going to go full on. And that became an obsession, so I, I eliminated the word diet. And from that day I've never been on another diet. I don't I think fasting is great. I don't intermittent fast. I don't ever ever say I'm taking a break yeah. from things because my mind immediately yeah. interprets that as wait, you're giving up the thing I love the most. Deprivation. Correct. Yeah. So, I literally listen to my body mm. and I say, okay, what is it that I want? Coffee in the morning. I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. I do have a little something for breakfast. Yeah. I, I'm, I pretty much follow a lot of my Italian yeah. roots yeah. because in Italy they have a little something sweet or just a little, we don't have these big American breakfasts. Yeah. And then if I'm hungry before lunch, I'll have nuts. I'll eat. And then if I work out, I make sure I eat a really great, rich protein filled, right. some carb. And Without having the word diet, 
I never feel pressure and it doesn't, there's never that time. I, I watch people on diets where they're like, today I could eat. Yeah. And, all, and it's like all out. It's all out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't ever have that. No. I like never eat till I'm full. Mm -hmm. I eat till I'm done. Yeah. And once I learned that my body loved it, I yeah. was happier. That's why. So it's kind of more intuitive, right? 100%. Yeah. It's 100%. And we had this discussion of how not every um, way someone eats works mm. for everyone. You That's know, right. it's like intermittent fasting may work for me, but it may not work for you. It doesn't work for me. You know, certain food groups. And, and so there's so much power in just knowing when you put certain things in your body, yes. how you feel from it. Yes. And I feel, and I know this from witnessing you, this is very much how you are. So when you started to live this way, yes. okay. Were you living in New York city at the time? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. It started, I was, I'm blessed in this area. This started in my early twenties where I was just like, I am not living like this. I'm the chef's daughter. I can't go to events and participate. You food, it's the food is part of the participation. Yeah. The sensing of like tasting yeah. the chef's food, like sitting there and saying, no, I'm okay made me not a fun person. Don't go out with somebody who doesn't like to eat. I'm right, sorry. Right. You're not going to have a fun time. Yeah, yeah. You know? Or drink. I no, love people. <laughs> right. I love people who yeah. eat or drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then I was like, I don't want, I want to be that woman. There were, there were people, this is actually a true story because I would occasionally work at the restaurant. I'd see that super fit woman. Mm. And I'm like, wait, why is she having so much fun? And she's eating. And I'd ask them, how do you stay in shape and eat? You yeah. know? And they're like, you know, moderation. I, yeah. I enjoy my food. And then I know when mm -hmm. to like get a little healthier. So it's about mm -hmm. taking inventory and saying, today I had, a, I, I, you know, I went off a little bit, had some chips, had some guacamole. Tomorrow I'm craving my healthy lifestyle right. and I want to stick to the salads and the quinoas. Yeah. But eliminating it and starving yourself never served me. I can't speak for other people. It just no, never it, served it, me. No, it, it doesn't. It, it truly doesn't. It's the law of consistency. We, we talk about this all the time in my community with anything in life. And yeah. when you go, you know, drastic, that's when things just go haywire. So I love this. Now, speaking of your father growing up, you know, living in New York, I yes. want to talk really quickly about your book. Okay. Um, how did this come to be? And, you know, I know there's people that travel to New York. Uh, we have people from all around the world that actually watch the show. Um, so tell us a little bit about this. Well, I will say that before we went on today, my father called and I told him how beautiful Emily is. And his first reaction was, why you not introduce me to her? Bring her to the kitchen. So if you guys stay tuned on my Instagram in September, yes. we're, gonna, we're going to bring her. We in. Are. I feel like her and Chef Pietro are going to have magical energy because they come from the same cloth. You guys are hardworking mm. people who roll up your sleeves. And she's an example of the American dream, just like my dad. I think that's why I bonded with her. I remember yeah, yeah. telling you his story. This is the story and I captured it. And I'll tell you in a second, my why behind it, why I captured it. But my dad's the American dream. He came from nothing. I'm talking about didn't have a bed to sleep on, slept on hay. His father had enough money for two tickets to America. They had from a family where? of seven from Italy. Oh, from Italy. He chose my dad because he was the boy. My dad was strong. He needed to work, started off as a janitor, a dishwasher, literally had three or four jobs just to save enough money to bring his family over to America. Mm -hmm. And he started off 
literally on the bottom and worked his way a little bit more and got to the point where he saved enough money and was able to buy a building in New York City wow. and open his first restaurant. New York prices were very different in 1976, yeah. but he still, still did it. Hard work money. It was called Villa Moscone. It was our first restaurant. It's our namesake. And then he did so well. There was this restaurant down the block that opened up in 1918 called Monty's Trattoria. And it was for sale, and we couldn't, we could, we didn't have enough seats because at this time, at the time, he was this young Italian chef. Everybody's lining up. It was the '80s at this point. He was successful, so he opened up the restaurant down the block. So my dad was known for running down the street wow. because he was so hands-on, and he's 73 years old, and he's still as hands-on that now as he was then. What made me write the book was I always wanted to write his book, but you know, you you always think like one day I'm going to do yeah. something. Yeah, that one, one day. day I was always one day I'm going to write one my day. dad's book. And then about I think it was 2015 I got that phone call. No one wants to get when you're living on the West Coast. My brother it called me from New York City and he was like, Dad had a heart attack, and I literally was on the next plane home, got into the hospital, and. It wasn't looking good because they were the machines were beeping and they pushed me out of the room. And I remember, I think I passed out for a second, and I was like, "Oh my God, this could be it." My dad, sixty, I think he was sixty-eight at the time. Oh. And I was like, "I never wrote his recipes," and I made a promise to God. I'm very religious, and I literally said, "Oh my God, if you let him live, I promise I'm going to write his book." Oh. And eight days later, all of a sudden, he's recovering. I have the chills. <laughs> and I, at the time, was in the theater business. I had a theater. I was directing. I was playwriting. I was like, "Oh God, I'm Catholic Italian. I just made a promise to God. I've got to like fulfill this." <laughs> yes, you do, girl. <laughs> yeah. So, make a very long story short, it it looked at like me closing my theater, relocating to New York. Following him around his New York City kitchen, thinking this was going to be some glamorous experience,、yeah. it was not. He was crazy, rude. Get out of my way! I got to make this happen. So I was like, Oh God, I need to get some skin in the game. So I enrolled in culinary school.、Wow. I was like, He needs to respect me as the person. So this is while you have your own performing arts. Yeah.、Center. Well, I closed the theater once I decided to go to culinary、wow. school, and I decided、yeah. to coach online. Yeah. In order to keep some of my clients、Amazing. going. But I was the oldest person in culinary school, <laughs> and、um, it was really, really wonderful because then once I finished, I was able to go in the kitchen and say, "Let's go! I know what you're、wow. doing." And then I wrote. It took four years to write, but four, four years, four. So this、years. book is filled with your family story, recipes, the immigration story. It was filled with what、mm. it took to be a success and a namesake. I mean, I called it the chef of Greenwich Village because growing up in New York. People would be like, "Oh, there's the chef's daughter. She, she you know, the chef's daughter." Because he,、yeah. my dad was known as the chef.、Yeah. People don't call him Pietro. It's Hey Chef, because he's been there forever.、That's、like、awesome. he's probably one of the oldest chefs in New York City right so now. So someone could go actually go to his restaurant. Oh heck yeah, he's gonna be outside greeting you, kissing you. Yes, Bonasera. You must go. So <laughs> when you go, take us. Take yeah,、Jordan. I'm I'm bringing Emily、yes. soon. So yeah, That's amazing. So this is how your love for culinary transpired. Yeah, Italian food. Oh my goodness! And 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 now you know, living in Malibu, you're you're a workout inspiration queen, health queen. You know what I love about you is how you have really made this a complete lifestyle. Like I've spent enough time with her that I know it's not just one meal. Like this is a day by day thing. And when I have been with you, I'm thinking because I'm a teacher at heart. I'm like. 
okay, we got to teach people this lifestyle because it is truly the richest. It's rich in nutrition, rich in tradition, even how you set the table when we eat, things like that. They all, that all this plays with our, our stress levels, our cortisol levels, our overall fulfillment, our enjoyment, our richness of life. So let's dive into that for a little bit. Like what tips, tricks can you give people if they're like, okay, I want to change my health. I mm. want to change my nutrition. What does this even look like? Yeah. Well, it all stems from the restaurant too. I was able to t tell so much about people just by the way they ordered and ate and how they were uncomfortable or a little too comfortable around food, how they dressed, how they showed up at the table. Yeah. So I believe when I started writing this book, because now I'm on to my next book, I was like, what, what makes mealtime so special for me? Why mm -hmm. are people always asking me, why do you put so much time into it? And it's because what I get on the other end of it, it's like working out. You put in the time, you get yeah. a better body. For me, my life is elevated. If I take the time to go to the store and buy fresh flowers so that my dinner table has a centerpiece, I'm mm. creating beauty at the table. Instead of Love napkins, that. why don't why not just put linens? It creates romance. And when I'm oh. cooking, it looks like I'm slaving away. And truth be told, sometimes I am. Yeah. But most of the time, I'm cooking very yeah. resourcefully. If I'm making soup, why am I going to cut all those vegetables? It's just me and my husband living here for two people. When I could make 12 portions, I very often give mm -hmm. some away to my friends so that they could enjoy it. I've it's done it for lucky. you. And, okay. But then I freeze it. I yeah. freeze some of it. Yeah. So on the days I don't have that time... I can heat it up. I still present it in a bowl. I'm never standing up and eating. Mm. That's when we binge eat. Yeah. I always make sure we sit at a table, whether mm -hmm. it's lunch or dinner. It really doesn't take a lot of work. It doesn't. <laughs> Even last night, we stopped off at the grocery store. She made amazing salmon. We had asparagus, this amazing mushroom dish with what herbs was that in there rosemary rosemary, rosemary in english i mean i think it took 30 minutes to make all that that's it and to have the dinner table set candlelit dinner i mean it's such a beautiful experience yeah and and the thing is and then this is what you've taught me is just make more of it so then you can just pop it in the fridge and then do the same thing tomorrow for lunch. Because I know what people are thinking right now. I'm crazy busy. I'm running the kids. Like, you know, how, how has a practice like this improved your relationships? Hmm. Romantic relationships? Romantic relationships. I mean, so many people grab food and they go sit on the couch. Oh, yeah. So many people get takeout and they just, they eat out of paper plates. And, you know, no, like, you. they just stuff it and... They, that's it. Well, I will tell you, I have a few friends who make fun of me because I'm, sometimes I cook like this. I wear my heels and I, and they're like, Sexy. you can't be kidding. And I'm like, no, no, no. Because it, it elevates, it makes me feel more special cooking like this. Yeah. Didn't you say you sometimes wear shoes during a zoom? Yeah. When, especially if I'm speaking, yes. it like triggers my brain. Like, Hey, we got to be serious. Like yeah. it changes your state. You get to say, yeah. you get a say in how dinner yeah. works. And it's so much easier for people to say, you know what, I'm going to put on the frumpy sweatpants, that fleece, put on the boob tube and like, you know, chomp my food yeah. and literally not make it special. And, and, numb if, that, myself. and if that works for you, yeah. by all means do it. It doesn't work for me. I want that La Dolce Vita life. I'm a romantic oh. at heart. And for me, putting in that special attention makes every day special. Like what about if this is your last dinner? Oh. I always think like that. Are yeah. we really going to take away one of life's greatest pleasures is food. 
hands down, yeah. one of life's greatest pleasures is food. Why people jip themselves of that experience, and it's not just the tasting. It's, you know, the way we had a massage yesterday yeah. about having somebody touch you, the food, you have to touch it. Yeah. Feel the different textures. That's yeah. why we had an array of different things, not just because of nutrition. I, I need texture. Yes. I need smell. I need yeah. the visual. Yeah. I want to hear the food I'm eating. Yeah. So it's, for me, it's an experience. It's a sensory experience. And if you don't cook, find a friend who cooks mm. and is, is willing to bring you a part of that experience because yeah. everything worth living oh. in life happens at the table. Yeah. Wow. I just had a moment when you said that it's like, I didn't realize it. Like it's like when you do take the time to have a nice dinner and connect with someone, make light candles. It's like, Oh, that was lovely. It can be lovely every day of the week or or damn near five days of the week. It's a choice. It's a choice to scroll on Instagram all day. It's a choice to sit in front of the TV. It's a choice to say, I'm kind of tired, so I don't really want to stop off at the grocery store. So let me just, you know, spend a hundred bucks on takeout. It's all a choice. It's true. Which, you know, it's like working out that we talk about all the time. Like how good do we feel after dedicating ourselves to that? So over time, it gets easier, you know? So there's people watching this right now that are like, again, I'm busy. How can this, like, how do you do it? And she is productive. I mean, she's running all day long. She's with clients all day long and she still does this. So it's possible. Okay. So what's some tips? Like if we go to the grocery store, how can we make this easy? Okay. Well, you have to have a plan. Okay. And I, so I say that also saying I have a plan, an idea of what I want to cook and I'm open to changing it when I see something's not fresh. Mm. So I would say, get a little plan going, knowing, I, I know this sounds nuts, but on Sundays I start put pointing out, what do I want to cook this week? And no, how am I going to make this work? At all. I take 10 minutes Yeah, and I like to get a new recipe every week. You don't have to do that. For me, it's creative, something I've never cooked before and something that looked beautiful. I saw it on the, the stand of a market, you know, magazine picture, I rip it out. It keeps my creative juices going because I like interest and excitement. But for you, I would say find a few things that you love cooking and make them throughout the week and have a plan on how you're going to do it. So I'll say, okay, Monday, I'm going to shop. I'm going to buy my salmon and then I'll buy my chicken because I don't mind having two day old chicken in my fridge. And then Wednesday, I'm back there. I'm usually always buying fish the day of. I never buy fish and leave it in the fridge. It's for me, fresh fish is everything. And I have a list. And I literally um, will cook a lot of stuff. So if I'm doing quinoa, I'm going to cook it in batches. And then I put everything in clear containers Mm. so that I could see it. And when I'm opening it up for lunchtime, which is not as planned as dinner time, I literally can just make post-workout bowls. Yeah. Salad. I did it for you the other day. Yeah. Five minutes, by the way. Right. Because it's already complete. Yeah. So organization, you have to clean out your fridge just the way you clean out your closet. And I'm a hypocrite because my closet was an absolute mess and it was creating so much. But we're going to. No, but it was creating so much chaos. And I thought to myself, imagine I cooked like that. Mm -hmm. You're in the kitchen. Organization is your success. Knowing what ingredients you want to use. I'm a big believer that we don't need more than five ingredients. I was going to say, like I was watching you last night and it was like legit five mm-hmm. ingredients, olive oil, yeah. a good, a good quality sea salt, some freshly ground pepper. Okay. Lemon goes a long way. And then some fresh herbs. Okay. That, that's it. 
no bottle dressing, no no sauces unless you want to make a fresh one. I don't like anything coming out of a can or a jar. No All cans, no jars. I don't. Yeah. If you want to look like this, have this vitality skin, no cans, no jars. Yeah, and people get afraid of that. Like I've had people tell me, wait, well, you don't use bottled salad dressing, but it's so much easier. My salad dressing takes me two and a two, two, not even one minute to make. Tell it's us. olive oil. You always want to do a three-part dressing. So okay. three, so three tablespoons olive oil, and then you put your like acidic either one tablespoon balsamic vinegar, one tablespoon lemon, then you put your salt and pepper. If you wanna stick a little herb in there, let it sit there, mm. and then you beat it, and then there you go. You could make that in batches as well and use it throughout the week. Amazing. And it's like, it takes you no time. You're having a phenomenally Ugh. healthy, I mean, I can't take the taste of bottled yeah. salad dressing. My, my palate is trained to just, I'd rather have the salad raw. Yeah. No, and this is so much better for you. You don't get all the preservatives, all that toxins, all that junk. But it's easy. You right. have to train your mind to realize like, just because it's in a bottle doesn't mean it's easier. This this is so much, just yeah. as easy. Yeah, yeah, It's just, Absolutely. it's a little bit of knowledge. Educating yourself on these little tricks. Right, so, so good. Now, I know you were working on your second book, which is super exciting. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about the blue zones and why people in certain areas live to be 100 years old, 110 years old. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then also, is this is this style, is this Mediterranean? Is that how you eat? Is that what you would call it? I would definitely call it the Mediterranean yeah. style of living. Okay. Absolutely. Probably okay. more um, Italian Mediterranean style yeah. and Greek because there's Spanish and French and everything. Mm -hmm. So my taste buds are more acclimated towards that. But getting to what Emily's saying, there is a second book coming out. It does have some of the recipes of my father's, um, but but a little different. During COVID, my dad and I had a show called Coast to Coast Kitchen. It was so much fun. Cute. It's still on my Instagram. And there were recipes we never touched before. Like I would travel to Italy and I would say to my father, I want to try this one. So we have new recipes coming out that are inspired by my dad. The other recipes are inspired by my Malibu. I call it my Malibu Italian lifestyle. I love it. Where I feel that I want to be able to feed all my hot, beautiful California girls. And, you know, having lasagna with bechamel and, and bolognese doesn't usually get their appetites ready. So I create, and for me as well, where we wanted a little lighter, a little fresh, a little more sexy. So yeah. these recipes were the result of people always asking me the question I hated. And my husband said to me one day, stop hating the question and realize that you have a business in this question. Mm. Do you actually eat the pasta you make? I hate that question. Wow. I hate it. I hate it. Wow. How often do you get that? A lot. A lot. I even get it on Instagram. Like, you don't really eat that though. You know, so now I'm like, I better twirl it and eat it. And my husband's <laughs> like, well, understand why. He, he like knocks some sense to me. Yeah. And I realized that people's relationship to pasta is definitely different than how I grew up when yeah. I traveled to Italy. Yeah. And, and I took interest in the blue zone because I want to get back yeah. to that question. And I got very interested in how Italians ate pasta. Italians, when you go to Italy, are very different than how you picture that like Italian-American family. Like, yeah. Hey, oh. You Literally, know? I just picture like a huge bowl of spaghetti. And it's yep. like, and that's in my mind, I think why I've just been like, no, 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 no. But there is a no. huge bowl of spaghetti. However, they're not feeding two people. Uh. And this is part of the blue zone. A bit. Italians love the table and their biggest meal of the day is not dinner. It's lunchtime because we could burn it all up. Makes sense. They have a very light yeah. dinner and they want a lot of people at their dinner table. So this is not a culture where it's like, 
oh, let's keep it easy. It's like invite all your friends. Yeah. And even more importantly, they respect elderly people. So I know a lot of my elderly neighbors spend a lot of time at home alone. Mm -hmm. In the Italian culture, we want them at the table. So everything happens at the table. And the Blue Zone addresses this, where one of the eldest cultures comes from the region of Sardinia, yeah. where the older people are so valued that the kids can't wait to hear what their grandparents have to say She's at awesome. the table. And guess what they eat every single day? Oldest population, every single day, pasta. Yeah, we were scared of pasta. So I started getting interested. They're doing something differently they than we are. are. Yeah. And, and the flour in Italy is very different. So ours is processed, theirs isn't. But their portion size is completely different than how Americans eat pasta. And uh, I've done a lot of videos showing my portion size. I am not eating three bowls of pasta. Yeah. I would not be- Like how thin. much is it? I say you get a, a ladle, and you get a fork and you take a bunch of pasta and you push it. And I yeah. do this on Instagram. And then you put it on the plate. It's like a nice, hefty handful. Yeah. Basta così. That means enough is enough. That's it. Uh. And if you eat it slowly and realize, here's the gift of all this. There's a second course waiting for you. The second course is always the protein course. Oh. Yes. And we're not eating 10 ounces of meat. It's a small, another small. Four ounces. Correct. But yeah. before that pasta course, they had another course. So the Mediterranean lifestyle has many courses, an antipasta course, a primo, which is our pasta or our risotto, our rice, and then your secondo, which is a very special course because this is your fish, your meat, and your vegetable, you know? Mm -hmm. And then they have a little, little dolce. So nobody is feeling uh, deprived in right. this culture. And you always know, like, so I'm going to have pasta, but I don't need that second bowl because yeah. I have a beautiful bronzino waiting for me. Oh my gosh. That I'm going to share. Is anybody else's mouth watering? <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is enjoyment. And this is, you know, I just believe in the American culture. It's just been so dramatic. And it's just like, like we said, cut everything out. And so again, whether it's conscious or subconscious, it's yeah. like, no, I cannot eat that. It's like, no, you absolutely can. Like the other day I was uh, having sprouted grain bread, which I have quite frequently, one piece. And someone was like, how do you have abs and you eat bread? And I'm like, because I, I don't eliminate all my carbohydrates and I do it when I feel like I need it. And I feel like this is the philosophy over here is like, you have pasta, but you just don't eat tons of it. It's like an all portion, it's all enjoyment. And, uh, Whatever you're doing, I'm sorry. We can, may I talk about that? We just went to Brooke yeah. Burke's house. We just did a, a little side note. We were just at Brooke Burke's house, and her abs are so on fire. So whatever she's doing, we want to hear it too. Uh, what it, what I'm doing is is really what you're doing. Honestly, I've started to cook a lot more in my home. I work. You know, I, everyone knows this. I love my my career. But what I've started to do is I stop at like five, six o'clock and I go into the kitchen and I cook and I put on jazz music and it's a vibe. And I love that you're I, doing that. I really believe it has truly lowered my cortisol, which has made me be able to digest food better, Joanne, because I'm not as bloated as I was before. And I think it's because I'm actually just chilling the frick out. But you're such an inspiration. <laughs> you also told me yesterday at lunch, which I loved. She said, I need fish. My body is craving it. And I think yeah. once people start realizing Obsessed. what it is their body yeah. needs, 
when they start talking like that, it's not just, I want, I want the chocolate chip right. cookie. I need it. She felt it. Yeah. And she had it. And after she's like, oh my God, it feels so yeah. good. It's almost like this love affair where you're starting to listen to your body mm. and the food it wants yeah. and needs so that you're not just eating mindlessly. When you're at a couch, when you're standing up, when you're working, when you're not enjoying people, when you're not tasting someone else's mm. food, mindless eating starts happening it and does. that's, and then depression starts hitting and it becomes a vicious cycle. Vicious cycle. Yeah. What would you say? What would be the advice if someone is single, they live alone? How yeah. can we help well, them? That was me. Yeah. That was me. That's okay, Uh Well, I was the single theater broke person who had to figure out how to make beautiful meals out of like Trader Joe lentils. I love and that. it forced me to get very, very creative. I like literally made $10 meals and my neighbors all loved it. I lived in like the Melrose place of food. So I would literally just cook and then open up the door and be like, Hey, you guys hungry? And I'd invite people over a lot just yeah. because I love eating with people. Yeah. However, there were many nights I ate alone and I didn't even have um, chairs around my table. So I did Japanese style of eating I love this. where I decided like, I don't have chairs because I lived in a studio. So I would sit up nice and tall and watch my posture. And I like still place like the one little napkin I had, I'd pick a flower. Like you don't have to have money to have this lifestyle. You don't. You have to have yeah. an absolute desire and appreciation for the simplicity of life, which Ugh. is food, a flower, music we can find yeah, anywhere. Right. And there's always somebody else that wants to, to, an invite at your dinner table. Don't be afraid to invite mm. people in because it makes yeah. the night more special. It's going to force yeah. you to up your game a little bit when somebody comes. That's and what I've noticed about you and, and your spouse. It's like you're, you guys are always um, in communion with others, like neighbors, new friends. And, and I know, you know, we're just getting out of a weird time in the world, obviously with the C word. Okay. Uh, but you know, I want to encourage you and, and this is even including myself. It's like, even if you're more of an introvert, it's just having that bold moment, five seconds of like, would love to have you over for dinner tonight. And even if it's like you, they're your neighbor and you've never even done anything other than wave, you know, it's that, it's that connection and when community over food that really just, it, it helps you become more fulfilled. And the richness of our life is the richness of our relationships. It helps and you live longer. It, help, it helps you live longer. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I'd love to share with our your people, yeah. uh, our people today, some, our people, some, some little <laughs> Italian rule that has helped me appreciate giving more. I always was somebody who respected people's boundaries. And if one of my neighbors was ill and I knew of it, or if somebody was going through an injury, I would, I, I would ask them that question or text them. Do you need anything? And everybody says no. And I would respect that. Like, they don't need anything. They yeah. don't need my help. Yeah. And then I started talking to many Italians and they said, you Americans are so funny. I said, why? They said, you never ask if anyone needs something. If you're cooking homemade pasta and you know your neighbor down the block is by herself, what is it for you? Instead of like eating that extra bit or putting it as a leftover, give it to her. I actually did that to one of my neighbors today who turned 83 just because I know she loves my food. Yeah. And it helps it helps because we're taking care of each other. Right. We're looking out like my neighbor yesterday gave me some olive oil and I, and we've created a space for this where yeah. it's like, we're, we're willing to give, but we also want to receive some of your love as yes. well. And it just brightened my day. I'm like, my neighbor gave me olive oil for my, my salad that she found from Italy. So 
we, mm-hmm. we can get more communal again, you know, and I think yeah. after being isolated, we want that. We want that, crave that, need that, and it takes a conscious effort. It really does. It and does. you may be thinking, like, I don't live in a place like that. Well, then you're called to be the leader that creates that. You know what I mean? I don't think I lived in a place like that either at first. It was more just like, hey, I made a little extra homemade pasta. I left it at your door. And people were like, what? And in that same way, we've done that with our friendships. And, and, you know, especially being women that are entrepreneurs, it's like, go, go, go. And I know a lot of you reach out to me and you're like, how do you do that? How do you have this career? You know, and then you also have friends. It's like, because I... I must have friends and not a, a, not a million friends, but a couple that I can go deep with is also so important to, because again, if you don't have that deep, meaningful connection, it's like, what is this life for? Why, why are we working so hard? If you don't have anybody you can be completely naked with and I, well, kind of that way, but you know, honest with oh transparent, <laughs> like, just kidding. you know, I, I just, it, it's so important. And I, and obviously I have that with you. We totally have yeah. that. And Emily is such a gift because we got to spend the past few days together. And I see, I was telling somebody when she was in bed sleeping, I'm like, I am like riding her energy. I've had zero energy and just having her here, her excitement, her her brain, like I'm stealing in the best ways, her brain, her energy is feeding me. And and we feed ourselves, not just with food. We feed Mm -hmm. ourselves by the people we yeah. talk with, if you're talk with the people that are toxic for you, you'll be people. toxic. So yeah, so. and I and I want to give some advice why we're talking about like go meet your neighbors. If you're someone watching and you're like, I don't have that sisterhood, I don't have that friendship that's unapologetic. I can just be completely transparent. Create it. I met Joanne in the backyard of a mutual friend that's an angel to us, Brooke Burke. And it was just like an instant connection. It was love at first yeah. sight for me. <laughs> but then we had to pursue each other, just like you have to pursue men, men, you got you yeah. women. Like we literally had to pursue each other. We had a first date. We had a first date. I still remember what you wore. Oh my God. Over, we did. Do you remember what I wore on our first date? Let's see. Is it like a brown polka dot? No. No. Polka dot. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I just remember you. I remember. I was kidding with her. Yeah. La La Land. We met at La La Land. We met at La La Land. We met at La La Land. But we we had to pursue each other. It's almost like I was trying her on. She was trying me on. And we're still here, you know? So it's so important. I, I want... told me yes the other day that she would actually marry me. That's how much we love each other's yeah. friends. Yeah. It's everything. It is. It yeah. makes our life better. It does. And so you look for that, right? Whoever you are, you're going to attract that. So whatever your values are. If it's, if, if it's yoga, if you love meditation, we, we bond over working out. That's how we met through Brooke Burke, but we also bond because of our values, right? And, and just our go-getter spirits and wanting to serve. And so when you find people that are mutual, you make it a point to spend time with them. And, and why I'm talking about this right now is because mental health is so important. And, you know, I went through periods of darkness in my life where, I wanted to shut everyone out because I'm an independent woman. But what I realized is the way that you're going to heal better, you're going to have a richer life is if you cultivate meaningful, deep relationships and you do it over food, but you also, you know, you got to seek it out. Well, and and she's such a generous person because I also think it's, it's so humbling for me to like be here because she has such an interest in what I do, which makes our friendship 
so much stronger. Yeah. And I hope she feels how much interest I have in what we do. There's a lot of people who don't care like what I do that are very yeah. much in my life and never ask me the question. So the idea that Emily mm. wants to bring me on her show and, and hear one of my greatest yeah. passions, and, and I do put a lot of work behind yeah. it. This is not easy. It, it's mindful. Like yeah. mindfulness is easy, but yeah. taking the steps to do it, it takes a really yeah. good friend to be interested and ask you to share it. Yeah. And, and together, I think we can create magic that way. We can. We and it, it, you're making an impact. What drives you? What drives you to teach someone about a detox soup? What drives you? You know, you've gone through your stuff, and that's our second part of our episode that you'll see next week. Dark stuff, stuff that would throw, very different that, that would throw people out of the game. We have it too, okay? But what drives you to keep showing up for people? I think what drives me is I don't like to see people alone and unhappy. And I think we could change everything in a conversation. And I think that someone can feel at home in a conversation when we have the right setting, mm -hmm. food, a little love. Would you like some water? Can I put a little lemon in it? A little drizzle of olive yeah. oil. They feel taken care of. And I don't feel like I'm leaving that person less alone. I think I'm always like, how do I want to leave that person? I want to leave them feeling welcomed. I want them to feel important. I think we, every single one of us is, and I try to do it through food. I know other people can do it through other ways, but mm -hmm. that's my love language. Let me feed you. What can I give you? Um, and I think that's what drives me seeing somebody feel like, wait, like when that neighbor of mine, knowing that she has like some homemade pasta on her birthday yeah. to eat today, because I was worried. I'm like, does she have anyone to spend her birthday with? And just, she feels a little love from that. So it's just leaving a little piece of my heart. I think. Yeah. And you do that, you know, if you're in proximity to her, you get that, but you do that online as well. Oh, you show you. up for people online and you teach people and encourage people and it shows. And you know, the, the really quickly, I want to talk for a minute about working out, yeah. switching gears for a minute. Cause, cause I know people are thinking, okay, Mediterranean diet, I'm going to light the candles. I'm going to get some fish. <laughs> She's so funny. I'm going to make love to my food. Okay. But what, okay, touch it, like, feel it here. What's, what has your fitness journey been like? Yeah. Well, going back to when I was younger and I wanted to be super, super skinny like Kate Moss and, and depleted everything. The workouts were like two and a half hours long, extremely vigorous, extremely draining. I'd come home sometimes binging on cereal just because I was like done. As I've gotten older and smarter, I will say older and smarter. Wisdom. And, and realize that fitness will always be a part of my life, but it's okay if it doesn't look the same way every day. I no longer have time nor the desire to do more than an hour of a workout, unless I'm hiking with Emily and we're yeah. creating magic together on a new We're adventure. habit stacking. Correct. We're talking, therapy, yes. working. We can go longer. So I, I yeah. know that I want to move every day though. And I literally decided that I can work out anywhere, that the gym could be taken out of the equation. Like COVID helped us all think that. Yeah. And just literally being mindful of, did I work out today? There are days I don't want to work out. People think I want to work out every single day. It's not that, but I asked this question. That workout's going to keep popping up in your head. Don't you want it to stop? Just get it done. Yeah. You've got good 30 minutes. Give it your all. Tomorrow, you're already set for a class where you're going to give it an hour. Yesterday, I didn't want to work out. I just gave it 20 minutes. It made me feel so much better. And on mm. the days I don't work out, it's the same thing with food. I don't make myself guilty for it. I don't say, oh my God, I'm so yeah. bad. I enjoy the heck out of it. I go take a bath. So this, I guess my whole philosophy would be stop shaming yourself. Yeah. You know, because you know, I think that's really the, the thing you really have 
you've gotten this thing and it's the shame story, which most people deal with. Because I'm hard on myself. You have so I have a, to teach myself Yeah, that. you have a healthy relationship with it. Well, I have to keep reminding yeah. my go-to practice. is to shame myself because I, you know, so, yeah. and I think a lot of us are like, for sure. you know, somebody, you'll say, oh, you did a workout. Well, I only did this. No, no, no. You did yeah. that. Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. like I did that yeah. today Yeah. When, Especially I, when I was exhausted. We have so many uh, achiever minded people. So if you constantly live in that state of it's never good enough, it's like, it's a perpetual cycle. It's a, it's a downward spiral. If we were talking about raising your frequency. So wherever you are, I mean, literally you'll watch her when she's in Italy, I mean, that doesn't suck. Let's just be real. Okay. Doing, doing workouts uh, New York. and you know, so what giving some people maybe a couple examples if they're home, what can they do? I mean, you were just telling me the other day, it's like you open up the garage, you run, you come in, do some weights, you run. Yeah. If quick you can, stuff. If you can tell I'm, I get bored easily. Yeah. So the workout's different every day, but, uh, one, if I have a little energy, a little energy, my favorite workout is I run around my block and then I return to my garage area. I do three toning exercises. I do an arms, I do legs, and then I do abs. And then I run around the block again, and then I do different arm, leg, abs. I run around the block again, a different one, and then at the oh, end, so booty, yeah. and I'm drenched in sweat. Said hello to neighbors. I live in Malibu. I got to breathe in the ocean. And I'm talking about this is a hardcore workout. Yeah. The next day, I usually don't want to do anything like that. Yeah. Nothing. I want to run from a workout like that because I'm sore. Yeah. So I take it down a notch, and I do a lot of the exercises we do with our friend Brooke. I take yeah. out her app. And I do the plank exercises, more just like sculpting yeah. moves, not so. But I, I definitely need to go hard on some days because I'm an adrenaline junkie. Mm -hmm. I love my heart pounding. Yep. And then the next day I found the appreciation and slowing down, sculpting. But you're going to find out what you like. like yeah. I, there's some exercises I hate. Same. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just the way I hate a diet. Like, why yeah. do something you don't like? Life right. is too short. There's so many other options. There's an option for all of us. I don't like swimming. Yeah. Swimming is one of the best exercises. If that's yeah. your thing, like find a pool, you know? Yeah. Same. I don't like spinning like on a bike. It, and and somebody like, I gotta, I gotta go to soul cycle. It's like, if you don't like it, don't do I it. I don't like it. Like, it's just not. Yeah. So, but I love intuitive. a good sweat yoga. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, so amazing advice. I love yeah. it. Um, so you have, you know, you're multifaceted. Thank you. You, you know, train you. and coach people how to be stars. You're a star yourself. You just filmed in a, in a show. You're an author about to be a second author. You're uh, a chef. You are a fitness on inspiration. You're an advocate. It's making me turn. You're bad. a wife. <laughs> I love her. There's just, there's what, a dog mommy. What would you say to someone yeah. who's like, I don't know what it is for me. I don't know what my it factor is. Like, how have you found Ooh. yours? Hmm. Yeah. If they're like, you know, cause we always say, well, I'm not all that. Right. Yep. What would you say? That's how did you find that? How did I find that? That's such a difficult question because I often try to help some of my friends who, who are now not stuck, but they're, they're really groomed as moms now. And they forgot that part of them. And mm -hmm. um, they're the same age of me as me. And I, I am not a parent, so I get to be more flexible, but I think it comes down to the why. Why do I want to do something? And question yourself. If I'm getting up every morning and my job is this, why do I want to do it? If that reason is you don't know anymore, yeah. there needs to be a shift. And sometimes that shift means taking a break. Yeah. Before I did write the book, 
admittedly, I was in Europe for a month and I just allowed myself to do nothing. And I just started listening to my heart yeah. prayer. I, I, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I have, if I allow myself to be prayerful, I find things out in my dreams. Um, I was like, you've got to write this I don't this think book. that's crazy I kept at hearing all. my voice. I started listening. It's, I don't think that's, I think that's, I completely relate to that. It's being able yeah. to, but, but it, there, it comes to a point where you have to know who you are. I'm somebody who always wanted great things. Really. I mean that I wanted a romantic life. I want the best kind of friends. I want, I want, a, you dream want, big. Yeah. Like if I'm going out with my girlfriends, I'm like, let's not do it small. Let's go big. You want grand. So it's a willingness to go grand yeah. and being okay. When other people think you're weird for that. Amen. And, and accepting this is who I am. Yeah. I want big things yeah. and I want my life to have all these things. And then yeah. the moment you make that decision, don't go back, just go right. for it. Allow right. yourself to like dive in and find the people who are going to thrust you forward with that because there's going to lot, be a lot of people that tell you you're nuts to go to culinary school at 37 years of yeah. age. Uh, no one's going to get your cookbook. You're not a chef. Like those things will yeah. all become a chef. You know, like allowing yourself to just say, I know who I am. I accept it and I'm running with it. And I like, I like great things. Why do you think I chose this woman to be my friend? This is not a, this is an extraordinary it's, woman. Be unapologetic. This yes. Thank you. She's no matter what your age, you can pivot, you can grow, you can do something completely different. At any point. Right. What do you say to the people that are like, are you really doing that? Have you lost your mind? Cause you had this thriving business. Yeah. Literally thriving clients begging for your time. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, I'm going to go to culinary school. Yeah. How did you handle people? I have a little thing I do. It's a trick. What do you do? Tell I us your trick. What comes up for you when you ask me that question? I bring it on to them because usually that question is something that I know it's not really me, but something I'm doing is making them uncomfortable. And I don't say that as a judgment thing. Yeah. I literally say to them, what's coming up for you? Yeah. When you're asking me that question, especially if they've asked it a few times and I've avoided yeah. getting into it because I usually give my answer. People I've had, I had a friend once who told me, you really want to go to culinary school? Like why put yourself through that? And I said to her, what's coming up for you when you say that? Wow. And we got into a whole conversation on how she's just exhausted uh. and can't imagine taking on something new. And then we shifted the conversation. And what would that look like for you to take on something new? Who would you have to be? I really believe that even though we feel something, tired, exhausted, hopeless. I feel like this a lot, by the way, I wake up and I say, well, but who do I want to be? And then you start dressing the part. Look, yeah. you put on the makeup, you put on the hair. I want to be somebody who's successful. What does that look like? I want to yeah. be somebody who's got yes. friends. What does that look like? And yes. starting, stop victimizing and start actually putting yourself in the role you want to play. Yeah. It's, it's life's a stage. Yeah. We all get to play Life is a stage and focus on what you want, not yeah. what you don't want. Yeah. And that is what you're doing. And, and if somebody's amazing. energy is making you uncomfortable, ask like, why is it? Is, yeah. it, is their success bothering me? Because right. like, I want to do it, but I don't think I can. Right. Yeah, you can. It's, it's, it's anyone can, you just have to be able to play the part. It's Absolutely. a part. Don't yeah. you think? It's a oh, part. hundred percent. You have to be able to know how to dress it, when to say action, when the show's over, when to get the right. It's a part. It is. Life yeah. is a movie, yeah. a stage. There's a quote that Shakespeare said, but I don't want to mess it up. I think it's like <laughs> life's a stage and we're all 
players merely playing upon it do not do not make fun of me for it, I think that's it's, pretty it, close. It, it's I don't close. know, it's but close. that's a good one. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love I you. Love you. I love You're fabulous. You're fabulous. Oh my god. Where where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram. Isn't it, was, it funny that What's your handle? The Chef's Daughter. The Chef's Daughter. NYC. The NYC is NYC. The Chef's Daughter. NYC, and you'll get to see a little bit of Emily on there as well, and that Sometime. father. A lot yeah, of different yeah. kinds of personalities yeah. that are all phenomenal. Yeah, and stay tuned for book number two. And she puts out amazing things that you can go to, workouts you can do, it, it, cooking classes, yes, cooking classes. So send her a DM. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I love you. I love you more. I do.